0: Malcolm Byron. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Thursday morning. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends. This March 9th, 2023. And I don't know. I don't know how to say this to use and kind of spruce it up, make it sound nice. So I'll just say it. It's snowing outside. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'd like to, to put a nice, fun, playful bow on it to make it a little more palatable, but I don't have that in me today. And so you should know it is snowing outside right now. Lincoln, Nebraska. On this March 9th of 2023, there is snow on the ground. It's been enough that it's accumulated a little bit. Uh, The the, uh, streets are warm enough that it's not piling up at all on the uh, the streets, so that's not an issue at all. It's still 33 degrees out there right now. But, yes, we do have snow right now. Forecast for the rest of the day calls for that snow to uh, taper off here. Later in the morning, as temperatures warm up, uh, maybe another half inch or so of snow on top of a little bit that we do have right now. But that will change over to rain, and then the precipitation chances will also then dissipate during the day. So a nice, uh, cloudy, snowy, rainy day to, at least for me, at least match my mood after watching basketball last night. And really yesterday for the whole day, but uh, watching Basketball last night, staying up and seeing Nebraska fall short against the worst team in the Big Ten. Minnesota ending the run in the Big Ten tournament before it really ever got started. Most likely ending the entire season for Nebraska basketball. And all of the thoughts and attention to the NIT are most likely, not 100%, but most likely gone and done Mm -hmm. now after... Things, uh, you know what? You can't win them all, and they did not win them all, and they did not win last night as uh, Minnesota played very well. Nebraska didn't slow them down, uh, didn't slow down that offense as much as they needed to, couldn't hit the timely threes down the stretch in key moments, turned it over. And what can you say? What can you say? It is a, uh, other than that, it is a really, it's a real bummer of a way. If this is the end, which it looks like it is, for Sam Greasel, Derek Walker, and maybe Casey Tominaga's careers here to to end. What a to end on that loss! Just Uh, a a,
2: a giant momentum killer for for not just what you felt like the team had going, uh, but it feels like kind of a program momentum killer that that you you thought you were going to get one, maybe two in the Big Ten tournament. Get yourself into the NIT, win a couple of games there. Maybe not, not necessarily go win the NIT, but, but
1: maybe get another home game.
2: But yeah, get another home game. Get in front of the fans again. Build momentum going forward for the program. And it feels like that just kind of slipped away.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I I don't know other, how other uh, to better say it. Other than that, is just it's a bummer. It's uh, it it stinks this morning if you're a, if you're a fan of that team and if you. Follow that team, and then the way that it happened to be called for not one but two consecutive offensive foul moving screens in the last what minute, 90 seconds of the game. Yeah, two on of huge them huge possessions.
2: One was legit, one was a very, very bad call.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just a whether they're legit or bad, it's just a bizarre, weird sad way to have those yeah, possessions especially end,
2: especially when you consider the way Nebraska starts their offense mm-hmm. where it's always a top of the key to the top like the you make a guard pass out front pass goes down to the wing and then they just kind of bring the ball all the way back around and usually there's kind of that that rub screen mm-hmm. you could probably call that several times throughout the game yeah Um, And then you get late in the game and you go, yeah, no, now we're going to start calling it.
1: Yep. And uh, yeah, so not much else. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I learned just about, I don't know, Caleb, 10 or 15 minutes ago about that half court shot attempt. I didn't even see that. Really? Yeah. I, when, when I saw that went off Greasel's leg on that last one with barely any time left, I was like, okay, that's enough for me. So um, uh, so, okay. I, uh, so had he made that, I would have been. I would have had to have been <laughs> notified that that had happened. And
2: so for anyone else who just turned it off after the Sam Greasel turnover, on the ensuing inbounds, I think Jamarcus Lawrence has called for a foul before the ball is inbounded.
1: Perfect. How much time? There was so little. There was like One, a second. One point three. Yeah, that's why I. That's why I. Yeah. One point
2: three. And the Minnesota free throw shooter. Missed the first one, and they're up by two. And you would think, and then then Fred Hoiberg took a timeout after the first free throw. So no timeouts remaining. So if he missed it, you couldn't just grab it, call timeout, set something up. And you would think in that situation, you go, you just miss it and live with the odds of somebody baseball from center field heaving that thing full court. Mm-hmm. Odds are very, very low. And then he makes it. And you go, okay, you can actually run something. Mm-hmm. Not only does Nebraska then run something with that 1.3, 1.4, Griso gets the ball. Casey Tomanaga catches it in the middle of the floor, just past half court,
1: got a really good look at it, Ugh. and it just falls out. I didn't even, I haven't seen it. I didn't know that, like I said, till 15 minutes ago. Well, coming up here in about
2: 10 uh, ish minutes, 13 minutes, you'll hear Ken Pavelka's call of it. Oh, man. But yeah, there there was almost ecstasy of just getting to an overtime last night. Yeah,
1: I would have had to turn the TV back <laughs> on. Uh, and then for for me, that followed up at a day at uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena, hoping that uh, some Lincoln teams would maybe get some some traction against the Omaha dominance in high school basketball in Class A boys basketball. Uh, and I watched uh, two Lincoln teams lose, include including my alma mater, who had just a, a rough game after having a great year. And all the Lincoln teams are gone out of Class A.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we do sub parkview Christian tonight, so uh, and they're defending state champs. So Lincoln will pin their hopes on on Parkview Christian once again. But Southeast also North Star lost to Bellevue West. Actually, uh, they played fairly well in that game. Uh, and then last night, I don't know much about it, but I know Southeast lost to uh, lost to Gretna. So yep, sixty
2: fifty three in that one. And uh, yeah, you had you still have going today though. Besides, obviously Parkview Christian there in D two. You got a little bit of area representation in Class B. Uh, Crete and Norris both in action. But yep. yeah, when when you had LPS on the boys' side get three, and you're like, hey, there's the potential. Two of these could get into the semifinals. You got something happening on Friday. And-
1: yeah. I was, so, so here I am looking at the next three, four days and thinking, okay, I got, you know, hopefully Nebraska basketball at least two nights, maybe more than that uh, at eight o'clock. I've got uh, high school basketball. If any of the Lincoln teams win, I was going to be there Friday night doing TV for those games and, and balancing all, and now all of a sudden, schedule's looking pretty much wide open. <laughs> For the next few days, pretty much wide open after everything that went down yesterday. So, yeah. Anyway, that's that. We'll have more on that a little bit later. Um, I was uh, I was uh, listening intently to the uh, newscaster that chased this. It's interesting. Beatrice got the uh, the uh, payments done on the Beatrice Six twenty eight point one million dollar judgment when you factor everything else, and they can't even, they, they, after all of it, it's hard to even figure out exactly what it was, but their best guess after legal fees and everything else that went into it, uh, thirty million seven hundred forty-three dollars and a little bit of change mm-hmm. over of that. Um, and they did it, and they paid it off in about four years.
2: Yeah, just in under course- four years. They were expecting it to take... Potentially a decade,
1: yeah, um, and so and this, of course, goes back to the judgment that was owed to the, the people known as the Beatrice Six, who were wrongly convicted in that 1985 uh, murder of a, a Beatrice woman. So the the county had some insurance money; uh, they used a state aid allocation on that. Uh, they used some property tax dollars and they put a half sales tax half cent I should say sales tax uh, put them up to their their property tax limit and so for about two years they had an extra half cent of sales tax and that actually it, it ended up getting them about five million dollars on on that as as that part of it
2: so. I remember when that first when they when they first decided to do that, because my grandparents still live down in Beatrice, and listening to uh, playing gin rummy and listening to the radio set in the kitchen, and you hear everyone talking about it on the radio, and I was just like, "Man, this sounds insane!" And yeah. just everyone, nobody was happy with it, right? Because for for a lot of the the citizens of Gage County, they're like, "We didn't do this,"
1: right? Right? Yeah, I know. When I, I mean, when we we talked about this when it happened, when the judgment went down, and I, I remember saying, "Like, I don't know how they're going to do this." This is going to bury bury that county financially and and just sort of dealing with this whole thing. Um, but they they did get it. So it's got to be a huge relief now. And I'm sure a lot of closure for a lot of people, probably including the the victim's uh, family and people mm-hmm. are still around connected to the victim as well. Um And so, yeah, that is. That is all done, but it, it's crazy. For about six million bucks in insurance, about six million bucks in the sales tax revenue, that state funding allocation that I talked about, four million, um, and putting that together, and then some property tax dollars as well, combines to eventually get them up to that total sum of about thirty million dollars. So it's quite the story. Yeah, uh, yeah, just j-
2: just to see that that is like that's wrapped up, right. And I know now now it becomes the but have they said what they're gonna do? Are they just gonna sunset that that additional yeah, tax? The
1: sales tax yeah, it was uh I I think it actually ended I thought I saw that it actually ended in January. Okay. People in um in uh in Beatrice. I obviously haven't been on my vacation home for a while, but you'll have to let me know if that's true. Wow, do you owe case. some back taxes? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, and then the legislature, there's a few things in the legislature that are interesting to talk about. But since we got into this pretty extensively yesterday, uh, the bill that would allow for uh, tax incentives for donations mm-hmm. to private school scholarship programs, it does end up uh, advancing. um that did get through now this is the 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 first round here at this point but it advanced actually on a 31 to 12 vote and overcame the filibuster and that allowed them to take that first round vote on it and so that was 31 to 12 uh for uh for that uh there was uh, as uh, so, so originally there was 25 million we talked about this yesterday for for credits per year and then it built in annual increases for that program. They also approved an amendment that would keep it at 25 million for 2 years, then it would go to a maximum of 100 million a year after that. Ooh. There are also individual cap credits, uh credits uh, that would be capped at $100,000 annually for individuals and businesses and a million dollars for estates and trusts. So pretty Pretty big numbers still associate the, uh, the caps aren't gonna uh, aren't gonna be holding that back a whole lot right off the bat. So they will see it did get through the filibuster just to that thirty three to twelve vote. They barely didn't barely got cloture on that. And uh, yeah, that was confusing so. to
2: follow a little bit as as the vote numbers because I saw the thirty one to twelve and it's like it passed first round. And I was like. 31, don't they got to get 33? And then it's like, well, okay, they had to overcome the filibuster first, then to get to the the actual vote where where it ended up being 31-12.
1: Right. Yeah. Now, uh, the reason it was lower on the vote is because you had a few uh, Republicans you might have expected to be supportive of this uh, did uh, present not voting on the bill and there were some more and this is what i was talking about yesterday with the kind of odd belt bedfellows on this you've got some democrats who are supporting it you've got some republicans and i think primarily republicans from outside lincoln and omaha and probably the tri-cities who are opposing it and that's exactly what you saw senators tom Brandt of plymouth myron dorn of adams uh Jana hughes of seward they were all present not voting on the underlying bill and there were there there are some concerns about the lack of anything there for people in, in rural counties, mm-hmm. in rural districts, in rural school districts as well. So
2: what's the what's the goal in something like this where you're present not voting? Is it you're fine with it passing, but you definitely want to have some some conversations about amendments? I think
1: yeah. Yeah. I I think that's right. because it's first round votes. You're not killing it or putting it into right. law with this kind of a vote and so yeah you do that and you say look i'm this is just so you you at least message to people in the legislature and your constituents as well that mm. you're not supporting it you haven't decided not to completely oppose it here at this point and i think some of those senators probably have concerns and they want to work with linehan and the other people who are uh, who are supporting the bill or, or introducing the bill to mm-hmm. perhaps make some okay. change. To, I don't know what those are, though, uh, exactly what that would be. So, I, I mean, I think the thought is, the thought and the concern is, this is really about Omaha, right? I mean, that's what, that, yeah. I think that's a big part of what what some of the opposition is about. The opposition from some of the Republicans is about, this is, this is an Omaha bill. This is a tax credit for wealthy Omaha donors, is the, is the thought. Right.
2: Because I'm curious, what, what, do you, what do you do in Cherry County?
1: I mean, you could, I guess you can make a donation. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. It depends where the closest private school is, uh, or you could make a donation. Yeah, does it just become a scholarship that- program? You can make don I mean, you could still, I assume, make a donation to yeah. a scholarship program in Lincoln or Omaha and get the tax credit but but they, why they keep are you talking about
2: this being about the kids not about the tax break All right so at that point then it would become about the tax break yeah
1: yeah so anyway we'll see uh, a lot of education votes coming that's just kind of the beginning the very first bill of a big package of, <laughs> yeah, of education financial bills as well so there goes what's going on this morning trying to keep it upbeat even though it's Snowing and the basketball was oh, very bad Oh, you'll be upbeat here in about four minutes. Oh, much Madness results. Good. That's what I want to focus on. We'll do that coming up next on KLIN.
0: Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app.
4: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
5: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer.
4: Ba da ba ba ba.
0: A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln, and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Uh, I am not prepared to jump right into the sound off, Caleb.
2: I know you're not. I didn't think you were quite hearing what was happening.
1: No, I was. No, I was somewhat distracted, and then I it caught my ear, and 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 what I'm referring to, if you missed just now, the Munch Madness results. I had, by the way, three out of four. I I got those correct. In yeah, my you predictions. did. Good job. One, I definitely did not. Uh, <laughs> Berea Boss knocks off former Munch Madness champion back in the uh, Burger Wars days.
2: And in the uh, modern era, got runner-up in 2021. And my former runner-up
1: uh, H.F. Crave, And for year number two, what was the seeding? What were the seat? Was that uh, three? Were they a three seed? So
2: they were a three seed in this one.
1: Yeah so it's the uh it's the second straight year where a restaurant i had not heard of on selection friday or in this case a, a food truck i believe um second straight year that a, a a food truck or a restaurant that i had not heard of knocked off someone that i thought had a chance of winning the whole thing so just yeah I, uh, this is much madness ladies and gentlemen this is where this it's at. is what you uh what you get uh i guess now uh what's the path what's the path going forward and the so, results that so just, just
2: a, a reminder if you did miss those uh i don't know eight minutes ago super taco beat casa bovina 64 36
1: that is super taco's first win in the modern era And I, it's kind of a Kind of, there's a little bigger. That's a bigger one than I expected, but yes.
2: Yeah, the margin there. Uh, not so much the result, but the margin. Berea Boss, the 14 over the 13 here, 52 48. Back to back years, HF Crave bowing out in the first round. Last year it was to taco in.
1: Man, what a run. What a run of just. Surprisingly bad matchups there for HF Gray.
2: Uh, speaking of Taco Win, they don't get to make a run this year because Fat Jack's Barbecue comes in with a 56 44 win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the magic from they'll always have the magic from twenty twenty two. It was they'll all about the friends have, they
2: made along the way.
1: Always have that.
2: um And then hell yeah, 21 uh, the winner over Pork's Done, S- another newcomer to the bracket. So that
1: means that we've got
2: Super Taco against Bria Boss. Fat Jacks against Hell yeah.
1: That that second matchup is uh, (laughs) feels like some heavyweights there, Um, and that one. And then you know now all bets are off now with Maria Boss. Uh, If they can if they can get that dub, there's, I mean I don't, I think they can get most dubs right. Yeah. I, I mean Hf Crave does that well in these things, that I'm I'm just shocked and and excited for. For the The craziness and the chaos how's about matters. this
2: for that entire region still still left in that region, Isles pub and pizza la Paz honest Aves, engine house cafe super taco Berea boss fat jacks hell yeah
1: yeah stacked that's just one region that's a stacked re we knew it was top heavy but then berea Berea boss still has a just a monster of a region to get through there with the with the northeast but and then hey, and I should point out I want to give a uh a shout out uh, to, uh, who is the, who is the, Toby yesterday. with Pork's Dunn? No, the, well, y- yes, Toby for Porkstone. We talked a little bit about them yesterday, uh, but the Canyon, uh, Canyon, oh, Canyon jo- Joe's Barbecue. We got a really nice note. They went down in the first round. Yeah, I'd lost to Isles. Um, but got a really nice note from uh, the folks buying Canyon and Joe's. I don't have the name in front of me, or I would, I would say it and shout them out. But we got a really nice note from them and just, saying how how cool that they thought the whole thing was to be a part of it how cool it was to um be be helping out local businesses the way they were i assume that means that they're getting some some traction from this whole thing uh at canyon joe's and they are on my list of places to get to because again place i discovered within the last two weeks it was from so joe i should have thought that canyon joe himself canyon joe Nice stuff. Shout out King and Joe. Thank you for the note. We got that. We appreciate that. We thank you. You got put into a just a a rough region. You just it, everybody in the Northeast. It's a rough region. And
2: But here's here's the big part of it that it that it always comes back to.
1: Yes, there's there's the voting portion of it where
2: sometimes you got to pay your dues. You get a get a rough first round matchup if you haven't really been in it, especially if you're kind of newer to the to the scene and newer to, to Lincoln or just haven't known about the the yes. expanded field before. Sometimes that's going to happen, but at the end of the day, more people know today about Canyon Joe's, Berea Boss, Pork's Done, all of these places, whether they advance or not. It's about lifting those places up that folks haven't heard about we saw it last year they're getting voted on today norms on forty eight yeah they're the they're the veteran now
1: right they're like the uh <laughs>
4: from the uh, hunter to they, the hunted
1: they've been through the uh they've been through the battles uh haven't they my goodness so shout out to uh shout out to Bria boss uh they have a facebook page if you want to find them facebook.com facebook dot com slash uh b i r r i a boss llc uh or if you just google them it'll it'll give you the link there and uh they are at uh, various various places uh that they've uh at and so you can uh, check them out and i would like to do it too get one of those tacos pictures look really good
2: yeah they do you're simply your description yesterday
1: made me yeah. want it now in fact they're they just letting you know bria boss without win you better make some more tacos. Yeah, you're dangerous now. You're, you're not only dangerous, but you're gonna have a lot of people, a lot of people who are interested. Just ask Norms how that goes. Okay, uh, let's real quick let's let, let's do let's go through again the uh, the the matchups then for today and then tomorrow. today's
2: matchups. Norms on 48th against Rolling Walk. Cac- oh, yeah. Cactus versus the Eatery. Okay. Piedmont Bistro <laughs> taking on Chopsticks, and then Ramos Busters versus Vic's pizza
1: all right all right we'll see how, we'll see how cactus can perform from the grave one last chance at glory cactus one last chance cactus's last stand <laughs> from the afterlife
2: it feels like just dis- like determining all of that was a month and a half ago
1: it does i can comp- i Honestly, I'd kind of forgotten about this.
2: I, I did until I, I wrote it into my, my Munch Madness update this morning. I was like, Oh yeah, cactus.
1: These tacos look like they're like the whole thing is like deep fried or something. Man. They look they look good, these burrito tacos. They look very good. Now I really want one right now. <laughs> All right. So how, how
2: do we get some of those during the morning show?
1: Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to figure that out. <laughs> we uh We uh, also uh, just pointing out while I was at the uh, I was at Pinnacle Bank Arena at the state tournament and I was taking note of some of the songs being played by the Lincoln North Star and Bellevue West and Omaha West Side and Lincoln East pep bands for tomorrow. Tomorrow is request line Friday pep band songs edition in honor of the state tournaments in Lincoln uh, and in the boys state tournament this weekend. We are asking you to think of. That song that you can hear in your head you hear it, but you almost hear it better being played by a high school or college band at a basketball game or a football game. There are a lot of them they are like, na 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 I always go back to Chicago's what is that twenty five or six to four? Yeah. Yeah.
2: well I I saw I saw a video yesterday, I think Millard North. They had a harmonica. Nice very
1: nice all right let's uh, <laughs> uh let's get into our sound off uh boy where do you want to start on the on the sound off today um I got a lot of but I don't think we're gonna have time to to get to all of them here uh, let let's start with uh, let's start with this and a real transition because this is a, a, a serious and a, a sad story um, but these Americans that went to Mexico, one of them was going to, was seeking a a surgery, a tummy tuck, I believe there, and they were kidnapped. Uh, The party of four, they're kidnapped. Two people died. Two people remained alive and have now been returned to the United States. Um, And after all of this, you know, they're, there's been more and more there's already been some talk about this but it is really ramped up talk about declaring the mexican cartels essentially terrorist organizations, mm-hmm. and this has given it some more fuel now.
6: There's increasing pressure uh, for U.S. officials to actually designate these Mexican cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. Former Attorney General Bill Barr says more needs to be done by the United States. Senators Lindsey Graham and John Kennedy both introducing legislation to not only uh, announce these cartels and designate them as foreign terrorist organizations, but then potentially send in the U.S. military to stop them. The White House being very noncommittal on if the president would sign off on that
1: all right in uh in in other news now you, you might have heard a, f- a few days ago uh president biden had a um had had uh, some cancer skin cancer situation removed from his chest and of course that makes news and wasn't a major it wasn't a major health situation there now you've got mitch mcconnell um The minority leader in the Senate, who is... Uh, hospitalized as well after evidently what was just a, a a fall at a hotel it may have been a minor fall we just don't have a lot of information at this point but it was serious enough for McConnell to
6: be hospitalized now, here is what his office is telling us leader McConnell tripped at a local hotel during a private dinner he has been admitted to the hospital where he is receiving treatment now McConnell is 81 years old less than a year older in fact than President Biden he has had a number of medical issues used through his life. He had polio at the age of two. About 20 years ago, he had triple bypass surgery. Jeez. He fractured a shoulder back in
1: 2019 and worked for, from home for a time after that. And he had bruising around his hands and mouth back in 2020. Jeez. Okay. I, I, If you had asked me if uh, who was older, McConnell or Biden, I would have thought uh, Biden, I had no idea McConnell was actually older than Biden. Uh, I mean, neither of them seem necessarily like spring chickens, but I would have guessed that that Biden was the older one out of those two but uh hopefully he is uh hopefully he's doing okay after whatever exactly happened with that fall that required hospitalization uh Jerome Powell the uh, Fed chair Looking ahead to later this month when there'll be another decision on interest rates is in the hot seat in front of, I believe it's the Senate Finance Committee. What did he have to say? What is coming up next?
5: On Wednesday, the central bank's chief, Jerome Powell, told the House Financial Services Committee...
6: We have not made any decision about the March meeting. We're not going to do that until we see the the additional data. The larger point, though, is that we're not on a preset path and that we will be guided by the incoming data and the evolving outlook.
1: Powell's comments come after some economists and investors interpret his Senate remarks on Tuesday to suggest a larger half-point rate hike was on the table, which fueled a big sell-off on Wall Street. <laughs> the Government reports on hiring and inflation in February, which will be released over the next week, will strongly influence the rate decision at the Fed's
5: upcoming March policy meeting. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. Now the, so it
1: was the House panel most recently, the Senate panel before that. Nothing like be your testimony being, being able to uh, single-handedly Sway the stock market significantly, right. but uh, that ha- But apparently, people were at least he's saying now people were jumping the gun in assuming that the decision was already made uh, about a, a continuing aggressive or even more aggressive interest rate raises going. Ah, forward. he's so, test he's testifying. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> well, yeah, right. <laughs> so we'll we'll have to see. Uh, also, Congress, are they going to do it this time? Because right is is saturday into sunday early sunday morning is it could that be the last time for the clock change man i hope so could it be It Uh, it won't be, but I I mean, they're trying again in Congress. Clocks spring forward Sunday with the annual start of Daylight Saving Time, but some are hoping this will be the last year Americans
0: make the change. It's one reason why lawmakers have reintroduced legislation to make Daylight Saving Time permanent, which could end the tradition of switching clocks back come fall. Some say the shift has been a long time coming, calling the ritual outdated. Some health experts warn permanent daylight saving time could harm public health, misaligning the body clock and the social clock. But others say
2: changing the clock back and forth negatively impacts our health as well. In Washington, Griff
1: Jenkins, Fox News. So what happened last year was that this was Marco Rubio's bill called it the Sunshine Protection Act, which, by the way, great name for a bill. Right? The sunshine. Who opposes that? (laughs) The Sunshine Protection Act. uh, It passed the Senate by unanimous consent. So that means no one opposed it. But it got to the House. Nothing happened. It, It completely stalled out in the House. And so it expires at the end of the session. And so he now has to reintroduce this in the Senate. He's a senator. Get it through the Senate. And then the House... Would have to take action on this at at the that uh, at this time. Now, the senators who sponsored this thing are completely, um, completely bipartisan. I mean, it's a it's an all star team of bipartisan. It's I mean, Tommy Tuberville uh, from uh, Republican from Alabama, <laughs> Rick Scott.
2: I always forget that Tuberville. Said yeah, that.
1: Democrats Ed Markey and Ron Wyden. I mean, you've got way left and way right on this together and we'll see but it's it you would you would expect potentially that something like this will have a similar result in the senate i would guess from last time and there is now companion legislation in the house representative Vern buchanan from florida has introduced the companion
2: any hey, relation to james hey Vern.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I was thinking, I was thinking of uh, Ernest goes to camp. But that, that's that's not that's before your time. Anyway, yes. So we will see. Maybe if this James is James Buchanan
2: uh, is before my time too. That's a, that's
1: <laughs> that's probably true. If this would be enacted, by the way, daylight saving time uh, would become permanent year round in the U.S. Here's the problem: all the not all the experts. Many of the experts are now saying you should go to day, full standard time. Right. Not full daylight time. I am on the side. I'm on I'm on Team Rubio on this one. Right? I am on Team Sunshine Protection Act on this one. Yeah. If you do it, go full day di- full daylight saving time. That's what I think. But there's just gonna be enough people who have problems. That I I just don't think this is gonna actually happen.
2: My order of preference is as I said the other day, because there's three options here full time daylight, full time standard, or what we currently uh-huh. have. My my order of preference is Full time daylight, yeah. Full time standard than what we currently have.
1: I would change two and three around, but yes. Otherwise, I'm I'm the same as you on that. So we will see. Uh, speaking of changing up schedules, uh, there was there was some news stories the last few weeks about some smaller school districts in the state uh, having gone to four day school weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that the the number of them were growing. I don't know. I'm not sure if anybody around here, like locally in our listening area is doing. I'd be curious if, if they are and, and how that's working. But even nationally, guys, this is becoming, this feels like it's coming. Uh, in a lot of places right now. Even in, like, only bigger locally. districts? Well, take a listen to what's happening in Texas right now.
5: At least 50 public school districts in Texas will begin next school year
2: with four-day weeks, which means three-day weekends. The changes are motivated by a 2015 Texas law that did away with a requirement of 180 days of school per academic year in favor of 75,000-plus minutes, allowing for scheduling flexibilities. Scheduling fewer days per week will mean longer days, but allows districts to cope with teacher shortages and rising building maintenance costs. There are more than a thousand public school districts in Texas. Eben Brown,
1: Fox News. OK,
2: so like how much longer on the day? Are,
1: are they there? That's, li- that's what I would want to know. Are they
2: there 10 minutes just longer each day? That's 50 minutes
1: a week. And and then that ends up making I mean, that wouldn't I mean, if you're losing uh, what? five-hour five day, yeah. that math doesn't work out. Right. <laughs> you would have to make up the five, if it's going to be the exact same minutes of where it is now, you'd have to take out whatever you lose from Friday, say Friday mm-hmm. is off, over the, the previous four days. And maybe there's other creative ways they do it. I'll try and... I, I, I kinda, Are you going to
2: be in school mid-August to mid-June?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. I'd like, I'm going to see if I can get my hands on some of the districts in Nebraska's schedules that do it, just for an example of exactly what this was would look like. I mean, the, the fact that you've got so many who are in um, in education that are supportive and interested in it makes okay. it... Go okay, ahead. so
2: there are at least six Nebraska districts on a four-day week okay. as of this year. Okay. Banner County, Conestoga, Weeping Water, Minotair, Hay Springs, and Why Not.
1: Okay.
4: All right.
2: Um, and they can do this because the state measures the school year as what... Same tex- thing with Texas. Well, has. with Texas, where they went to... In minutes instead of... Well, they eight. went to minutes. Nebraska does it by hours. So they should do it by seconds. Effectively. Yes, you should. <laughs> 525. Uh, um, so, the, yeah. How be- do you measure a school year? <laughs> <laughs> Someone please rewrite that for the legislature. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to know but what their daily schedule... And back to what I was saying, though, you know, I... I am interested because teachers in the schools and everybody seems like they are. They think it would be helpful to them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm interested in hearing it, but I'm out of the age now where I've got elementary age students. Caleb, this is on you and the parents of of your age right now yeah. to figure out. I mean, the the child just kind of the, the scheduling situation for families that have, you know, either a single parent or two parents working. And nailing that all down for young kids seems really, I don't know. I don't know how you navigate that exactly.
2: We'll figure it out when we get there, I guess. (laughs)
1: 650. (laughs) There you go. Don't worry about it now. 656. (laughs) All right. We'll take a break. We'll hear from the Capital Humane Society next on KLIN. It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital
0: Humane Society on LNK Today.
1: All right. got Matt Machar from the Capital Humane Society, and uh, let's talk pets. Let's talk about the chance for maybe you to uh, adopt a pet that's looking for a home right now. Morning, Matt. How are you doing?
3: Good. How about yourself?
1: I'm I'm good. All right. Tell us about the pets you're featuring this week.
3: So first off, we have Timon, and Timon is approximately one year old. He's a German Shepherd mix, Ooh. neutered male, uh, tricolored, so he's got kind of a brown, some black, and white on him, and he weighs about 77 pounds. Also has these really floppy ears that kind of just go every which way. But he was surrendered to us by his previous family. Uh, but he absolutely loves playing with other dogs. Does great in play groups with multiple other dogs his size. And so the ideal home for him is an active one that maybe has another canine companion that he can play with.
1: All right. And tell us what else we've got.
3: Then we got Danny. And Danny's approximately four years old. He's a domestic short hair orange tabby. Has a little white on his chest and his paws, but neutered male, weighs about 12 pounds, and he was surrendered to us because his ideal home, a little more low traffic. Ideally, one without uh, younger kids, they make him a little uncomfortable, but uh, with older kids and, and adults, he's a very playful cat, so make sure you have plenty of toys stockpiled for him.
1: All right, very good. People want to make an adoption, what should they know?
3: So come on out to the Pylock Pet Adoption Center. We're out at 70th and Highway 2. We're open today and tomorrow, 1130 to 7, and then Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 5.
1: All right, let's get those pets adopted. Thanks so much, Matt. We appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Have a good one. All right, there you go. Matt Matt Capital Humane Society. Hey, we got Ticket Thursday coming up. Concert tickets. We're going to play What Is Ellen K. Today
4: Thinking Of? That's coming up next on KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me.
0: All the traffic hotline, 402-479-1414. That's a quick check of your time-saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, ninety nine three KLIN.
1: All right, phone lines are full, but people start dropping off soon, and this is one where sometimes we go for a little while. So what is LNK Today with Jack and Friends thinking of? We are thinking of an actor or actress who has won the Best Actor or Actress uh, Award at the Oscars during one of the years that it was given away. Uh, And all you need to do is narrow down who it is. You ask us uh, two questions. Well, basically, first of all, a yes-no question that is designed to narrow it down, and then you get a guess. If you guess it right, you get your choice of tickets, whichever one you want. Whether it be uh, Journey and Toto uh, or Doobie Brothers, uh, both coming to Lincoln. Journey and Toto in here later this month, and Doobie Brothers is going to be in August at Pinewood Bowl. So your choice. 402 479 1400. As soon as people drop off, you can come on in and give it a shot. And Mike is going to take our first shot at this today. All right, Mike, the unenviable first competitor. Good morning. Yeah,
0: first one. Okay. Is it a male?
1: Yes.
6: How about I'm gonna
1: take a long shot and say Dustin Hoffman? Is it Dustin Hoffman? Oh, good try. You can get back in 424-794-1400. That opens up a line. Caleb, this I don't know. I I don't know how quick this one's gonna go. I don't know. We will see. I
2: don't know. I like that the the first caller actually narrowed it down. Made a
1: helpful made a <laughs> asked a helpful question. Sometimes that's rare. All right. Uh, now coming up for us is Scott. going to be Scott. All right, Scott. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. All right. Uh, we know it's an actor. We know this actor won. It's a male. Uh, and we know this person won the Best Actor Award in some year at the Oscars. What's your question? Uh, was it during the 2000s? Let's see. i got to look back up. The yes. Year. Yeah, it was it? Yes. Okay. It was uh, post- post two, or Are we just saying 2000? Th- are you saying
3: 2001 and up?
1: Yes, correct. It is.
3: Okay. How about... Uh, Matthew McConaughey
1: is it Matthew McConaughey no but good try all right we have now quickly narrowed it down from a huge group to a list of what 22 23 men on this whole thing starting to narrow it down uh let's see if Matt can narrow it down further all right Matt good morning uh what's your question about the actor that we're thinking of
0: uh, was he nominated multiple times as an act best actor award winner?
1: I don't know. Th- no, is that just one? Just the one? Okay. Uh, Caleb is confirming that the answer to your question is no. He was not nominated multiple times.
0: Okay, let's
1: go with Joaquin Phoenix. Jo- Joaquin Phoenix. Oh no, no. Ooh, you guys are tearing through this though. It's not going to be much longer. All right, uh, Lee is next. Uh, Lee. Good morning. How are you doing today? All right, we are uh we're thinking of an actor who won best actor at the Academy Awards awards post 2000. We know uh this was o- this man's only uh only nomination mm-hmm. uh for the award and he won it that one time that he was nominated. What's your uh, yes no question?
7: Mm, is it an action
1: movie? No. no. Mm
3: in a post 2000 I'm going to say Austin Butler
1: Is it Austin Butler? No. All right. I feel like we should be getting close. I really do. We'll see. Uh, Rich is going to take a shot at getting closer here. As we know it was a male. We know it was the Best Actor winner. We know it was the only nomination. We know it was not an action movie. We know it was after 2000. And Rich can ask another question to get us closer. Rich, what's your question?
0: Was it before 2010?
1: Was it before 2010? Yes, it was before 2010. It was after 2000 and before 2010. Yes. Ooh. Was it Jamie Fox? Was it Jamie Fox? It was Jamie Fox. Hey, <laughs> congratulations, Rich! You did it. Congrats. Uh, which uh, Which show do you want? Do you want Journey and Toto or the Doobie Brothers?
0: Oh, uh, the Doobie Brothers are at Pinewood, right? Yes.
1: Yep. In August.
0: Oh yeah. You got, going, got to go to Pinewood. All
1: right. you. Got, I agree. Good choice. Uh, h- hang on. We're going to get your information, and you are our winner. Jamie Foxx was the winner in 2004 for the movie Ray. I had forgotten until I looked at the list. I had completely forgotten and missed that. I did not remember that that had happened. But, yes, he won that year. Nominated alongside him was uh, Don Cheadle for hotel Rwanda Johnny Depp Johnny Depp wow for finding Neverland Leonardo DiCaprio for the aviator and Clint Eastwood for million dollar baby and Jamie Foxx beat them all that year do we have what do you think Caleb
2: We'd have to go quick, but I think we could do we could do one for Toto, for Journey okay. and Toto.
1: Okay, so if you st- I'm going to take first calls right away. We're g- we've got another actress slash actress we thought of. We prepared two, so we've got another one. So if you want to keep playing this game, but with a new—we'll uh, take your call right now. I busied out the lines. I cleared them out to give everybody a fair chance. So 402-479-1400. This is just for Journey and Toto. The Doobie Brothers are gone. Uh, they're not gone. They're just, their tickets are, their free tickets are gone. So let's take a shot at this. We are thinking same, same category actor or actress that won the best actor or actress award. Steve, uh, you're first up. Uh, what's your uh, question?
0: Oh, let's try the same approach. Um, is it
1: a female? Yes. yes. <laughs> we had to be, you knew we had to be equal opportunity here, right? <laughs> All right. Take uh, take a shot in the dark.
6: Okay, is it Jodie Foster?
1: Is it Jodie Foster? No, but good guess. Good guess. All right. Let's do this. Now we know it's a female, oh, one-best actress. Matt, uh you get the next question, Matt, and we're playing by the way again for uh, Journey and Toto tickets now. Matt, what's your question?
0: I'm going to ask if it was this millennia that this person got the award. So
1: was it post like post 2000 you mean? Yeah. Right? Exactly. E uh yes. yes. Yes.
0: Okay, I'll just go with Um, Charlize Theron
1: Charlize Theron no she did win it in 2000 what uh, 3 yeah 2003 she uh, she won it but not the one that we are thinking of right now best actress this millennium uh, won the award this is for uh, Journey and Toto tickets Kelly uh, what's your question yes no question hey Kelly are you there was
7: it the last 20 years
1: Yes, it was. It was the last 20 years. So what is your guess for the best actress that we are thinking of?
5: Brie Larson.
1: Is it Brie Larson? No. It is not. We knew it was already this millennium. I guess that took off 2000 to 2003, I suppose. So maybe that narrows it down a little bit more. All right, Lee's going to try again. Uh, all right, Lee, well, we're na- narrowing down this actress that we're thinking of. We're starting to get close. What's your guess? No question.
7: I'm not. I'm just guessing because I'm right, really. I'll just give you guessing. two. I'll
1: give you two guesses then.
7: How about Sally Field?
1: Sally Field? No, but that was your yes/no question. So you get a guess now.
7: Uh, geez,
1: female. Uh, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts? No. She just went She just went for the. Went for the guesses. That's kind of a. That's a gambling strategy right there. All right, Scott is going to take another shot. All right, Scott, your yes, no question about the actress that we're thinking of this time.
6: Uh, was it between 2000 and 2010?
1: Yes. Uh, Hillary Swank. Is it Hillary Swank? No. <laughs> it's narrowed down so much. You are so close right now, everyone. This is, again, I will say this. I, I don't mean this to be too big of a hint. This was another somebody that I had forgotten had won. An Oscar. I I actually did not know that. Uh, I did it. I had just forgotten it over the years. All right, uh, Matt. Let's see if you can get it this time. What's your yes/no question?
0: Okay. Was it? Is it a movie based off of a, like a real life story movie? Yes. yes. Okay. Then uh, let's you, go with.
1: There's a few Reese of those. Reese
0: Witherspoon. Though. She was in that Walk the Line movie.
1: Is it Reese Witherspoon?
0: It is Reese Witherspoon!
1: <laughs> so, Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash movie. She won the Oscar in 2005, Matt. Congratulations, you did it, man. Hey, hey, that's awesome. <laughs> there you go. Start your day off with a bang and a victory. Reese Witherspoon won the Oscar for Best Actress in 2005. She beat Dame Judi Dench for Mrs. Henderson Presents. She also beat... Felicity Huffman for the movie Transamerica. I don't remember. I don't remember that at all. Uh, she beat Kira Knightley, who was in Pride and Prejudice, and she also defeated that year Charlize Theron, who had won two years ago. But this time, Charlize Theron was the nominee for the movie North Country. So yes, Reese Witherspoon and Jamie Foxx, two actors, actresses that you kind of think of as kind of like box office popcorn movie types for the most part i would say that you might forgot actually got recognized for an with an oscar at some point it's interesting to look through these it is and and go back and and remember like when we were when we were going through them i was like i totally forgot either of those people had had won won an oscar but if you and and then
2: you see some of them that who they beat out for that oscar as well
1: Right, but, I mean, you go back to the 80s, you got, I mean, you got your Meryl Streep's, you got multiple Sally Fields. Uh, another one that I was considering that I thought might be hard, Cher. Cher won the Best Actress Oscar in 1987 for Moonstruck. Uh, Jodie Foster, I thought that was too easy, thought that was way too easy. Uh, Kathy Bates, Emmy, Emma Thompson, Holly Hunter, Jessica Lange, Susan Sarandon, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh you know julia roberts won for aaron Brockovich. uh sh- and like i said charlize theron of course she did you keep going down sandra bullock would have been a good one she won for blindside forgot that too right um yeah. how's, since
2: we have a couple of minutes here not going to take calls on this but between now and the end of the show we have some lso goes to tatooine tickets as well that's for this weekend uh two tickets to LSO goes to Tatooine at the lead March eleventh. It's at seven thirty. If you text in on the Rick Stein Recognition text line, four oh two four seven nine fourteen hundred, text in Lucas. Lucas. You like the last name? George Lucas. Okay. So text in Lucas to four oh two-four seven nine-fourteen hundred. At the end of the show, we'll go through and pick out a few winners for a pair of tickets to LSO goes to Tatooine this weekend. Saturday night, right? Saturday
1: yeah. night. Cool. That's gonna be a good show. That'll be a, a very good show. By the way, does anyone know can anybody name? I'm just asking this rhetorically. Any of the nominees this year, off the top of their head, <laughs> for male or female? I've got Best Actress, and I wouldn't have gotten. I wouldn't have gotten any of these.
2: Is on Best Actress. Is anyone nominated for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once? Yes.
1: <laughs> Can you name who though? I cannot. Michelle Yeoh. Y e o h. Uh, then you have Michelle Williams for the Fablemans. You've got Andrea Riseborough for To Leslie. You've got Anna DeArmas for Blonde. She was Marilyn Monroe in that one. And then you've got uh, Kate Blanchett for Tar. And then you go to the best actors. Those that are up this this time around uh, are, including as I scroll down here really quickly, uh, Austin Butler. He's the Elvis. He's okay. The guy who played Elvis. Uh, Colin Farrell. For the uh, Banshees of uh, Inisharan, Brendan Fraser for the Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nighy—not Bill Nighy, the science guy—Bill Nighy for the movie *Living*.
2: Is it Nighy or Nighy? No idea. Cool. Don't know a thing about him. <laughs>
1: All right, there it is. Congratulations to our winners. And we'll get back to Generation Collaboration for a couple of weeks to finish that out. And then bring back Current Events Quiz. We'll bring back the Lie Detector. All of our games, maybe come up with some new ones, too. But congratulations. Enjoy the concerts. 725, hey, stick around. We got sports next. And if you didn't hear the Munch Madness results yet, you're going to want to stick around to hear Caleb's Munch Madness results here in a few minutes. I promise. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories?
4: You can get them sent straight. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
5: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
4: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: TVS. All right, let's get things started
2: with... Number five. Well, if you haven't looked out a window this morning and you thought it was just a little bit wet yesterday, yeah, there's snow on the ground. Oh, Big ol' flakes coming down. and So dumb. As I look outside a broadcast house, not a lot of wind, though. At least no. back here on what I can see. So that, just just falling, and that, that I think that's going to help a lot with the morning commute.
1: Silver lining is the wind is uh, going to be relatively low both throughout the day today and tomorrow as well. This snow is expected as the temperature jumps up. We've been at 33 since the beginning of the uh, the show, Caleb, so it's kind of been right on that edge above freezing. The expectation is that as it gets warmer today into the upper 30s, this will change over to rain. Um, I don't know how much. I don't know. Do you think we have a half inch yet on the on the places the, where we've got it? Maybe. Maybe. maybe it's it, over it, a trace it, not quite an it's inch hard though.
2: because some of it it's is. it's all melting it's melting once the, it's down the, there. the
1: concrete is also warm the streets are also warm that it's not staying there and also that's the good news with driving it's not impacting yeah the drive at all but all the, oh, the grass has a little bit more snow on it uh yeah but we'll turn to rain later today and then uh kind of rain on and off dissipating as we get it toward mid-afternoon today and uh you know, then we go into tomorrow. D- tomorrow again, cloudy, not precipitation during the day. Tomorrow though, but still the highs in about the same place. So Just kind of, I don't know. It's just kind of depressing weather. Is the <laughs> yeah. way I would, the way I would describe it. And then Friday looks like Friday looks like rain again. Um, at this point, M- more, uh, more t- or excuse me, Saturday I should say. Uh, I was talking about Friday. Saturday looks like cloudy rain also. And then maybe on Sunday we're going to get to see some sunshine finally. Looks like we get back to the 50s probably Tuesday. Probably Tuesday, Wednesday right? with, with that whole thing. But we're talking upper 30s, low 40s. Today, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday.
2: And I know from, from in here it doesn't look too bad on the streets. It looks like everyone's driving normal on uh, on O as they cross 44th. There might still be some places that perhaps it is a little bit slick. Gene texted us on the Rickstein recognition text line, so there is a four-car chain reaction crash southbound 13th oh, and South Street. So there is still that All potential right. out there. Yeah. I mean, on, on any day, even if it's a perfect day, there's the potential for for crashes and accidents, but uh, just hey. maybe give yourself a little bit extra room, even if you think everything's going
1: well, and it looks like things are for the most part. Maybe I should think of it this way. There's a good chance, good chance. This is it for the snow in in the winter of 2022-2023. Uh, right? Are you calling that? I, I, no, I said, there's a chance. I, <laughs> okay, I wildly okay. hedged what okay, I said to okay. be very clear. <laughs> and if it is, you know, a few months from now, it's going to be a hot July day and the dog days of summer. You're going to be like, you know, a little half inch snow wouldn't feel the worst right now. Wouldn't be too bad. Pretty nice. So just imagine that, I guess.
2: Imagine you've been overheating for months. Imagine,
1: yeah, one of those July days that it's been 98, six days in a row, you're sunburnt. you're just the sun, you're tired of just your clothes sticking to your butt. I can't do it. That still sounds better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Number four.
2: Uh, Maybe not quite sounding better, the way Nebraska men's basketball's game oh, went last uh, night. Yeah. Felt like things were going to go really well early. 8-0 start, and then you started to see Minnesota... Hit pretty much everything, and they did that for a lot of the game as well, holding on for a three-point victory at the very end. There were opportunities for Nebraska. You had one of the main defenders foul out for Minnesota with nine minutes to go in the game. Their coach picked up a technical. You also had Nebraska with some opportunities late. There were a couple of moving screen calls, a turnover with under 10 seconds to go, a wild last-second he from Kesei Tomonaga. Which I didn't even see. None of that ended up going Nebraska's way. Three-point loss. Out first round of the Big Ten tournament for the fourth straight year.
1: I assu- yeah, I turned it off after I could tell the ball went after, after, off of Greasel and they weren't going to give Nebraska. I was that despondent with how the whole thing went. I didn't even know until just before our show today <laughs> that KSA almost had a half-court three, which I would not have seen. It live if it had happened. No,
2: no. you would have looked at Twitter and saw it going. I would have, insane. yeah, I would
1: have seen it on Twitter, and I would have, whatever. <laughs> we didn't get that. I would have tried to get back in time for overtime. I
2: assume. No, it, we would have asked you to keep the TV off. For that's overtime. probably true too.
1: Um, it's it sounded like Fred and Sam and everybody was talking like this was pretty. This was kind of it um, that you know the nit likelihood had diminished, which has diminished. But let me give you a. Slight glimmer because this has been a really, Ooh, cr- a little bit of hope. This has been a really depressing morning drive so far. Uh, one of the, <laughs> this is a weird thing to be qualified as, but one of the top NIT bracketologists, which is at, uh, I know, it sounds funny That's to a niche field. NITbracketology.blogspot.com He's uh, NY Hoops on, on Twitter. Okay. He's very into the NIT. He just put out his new bracket. He's still got Nebraska in there. Seated or unseated? Unseated. Okay. So I think they probably, I think they might've been anyway here, even if they had won that game and that was it. Here's what they say. Nebraska has a number of good wins, but the Cornhuskers took their worst loss of the season in Minnesota last night and are now projected to have a net above 100, which would be an extreme outlier for how the committee is typically selected teams. The Cornhusker also saw their Ken Palm rating fall to 95 after the loss. Last year's committee relied heavily on predictive metrics, and if they do that again, it'd make it difficult for Nebraska. The, Cornhusker, the Cornhuskers, though, still have seven quad one and two victories against just one bad loss, the one last night, but taking that as your final statement to the committee is a tough look. Honestly, though, there's not really a good chance, to re- good choice to replace Nebraska within the bracket, which is why the Cornhuskers are still here, but closer to the cut line. They're okay. still in, according to this guy, just because there's just not really a- any other teams that fit, so... We've I, potentially got more men's basketball I, coming Maybe the we Oscars. start cheering against NIT bubble teams. I'll get that list going and ready for today. Give me a read. I planned on watching basketball. College, high school. I planned on just, just completely immersing myself into it. And literally every result I wanted yesterday in the games I cared about. <laughs> Went the other way and kind of got me out of the mood. Maybe. Well, you could still watch
2: a lot of them. Just there's nothing I know, in, it's, hinging on your, I'll, your, I'll, your I'll emotions get back aren't to, hinging on those. I'll get
1: back to state basketball, especially classes other than A. But few Christian going I'm, today. I, absolutely. I just, I've kind of had enough of the Omaha Invitational in class A. Yeah. At least it's not OPS. Maybe. Maybe. Does that OPS help? O.P.S. hasn't been the one that's been winning it for the last few years, though. It's been all Bellevue West and Miller, and it's all the it's the the blue bloods who have been in it every year uh, that are there. There's no Omaha Central same ones. That feels good, right? Teams. No, it doesn't help. Okay, much. that's not helping. Uh, hey, I'll, shout out though. Uh, I thought Northstar put up a good fight against Bellevue yeah, West yesterday. Yeah, they I thought did. they, you know, they they didn't even play their best game, but they put up a good fight against them. And I feel I feel for East. They just had one of their I'm sure they'd say it, one of the roughest games of the year, and Mm -hmm. it just came at a bad time. A team they beat by almost 20 earlier this year in Westside.
2: Number three. Well, less than four years since payments began, the $28 million civil rights judgment has been paid out to the Beatrice Six. And This was all based around the 1985 uh, rape and murder of a Beatrice woman. Wrongfully convicted six people, and now it's been paid out. It, in less than half the time you
1: were expecting, Caleb. When I heard that they had that judgment, I thought that is just going to not only financially, but just that is just going to be decimating it. Obviously, it had a huge impact. But to be able to the fact that they pulled that together, as bleak as it looked at the beginning of this story, in what about four years? Just under four. Years. Four years, and you know they got. They got a, a, a big insurance payment, which a lot of people thought they weren't going to be able to get. Uh, they had some of the state funding that helped with it. They then added a sales tax, right? In, uh, in 2020, I believe, they added that sales tax. It was a half percent. That put them up on their sales tax limit. They couldn't go any higher than that. But that generated almost $5 million uh-huh. for this thing as well. And yeah. so, I mean... Shout out to everybody in Beatrice or people who are visiting Beatrice who, due to no fault of their own, right, I mean, it had nothing to do with the the prosecution of these people who were wrongly prosecuted, but they end up paying for the mistakes of others in this whole thing and it just happens to be in their county mm-hmm. that stinks and i'm just i'm glad for the people who are completely un completely blameless in this whole thing to just have this off their back yeah because it's it like i said it's got to be it's it's just probably emotionally taxing to have that big a financial amount ahead of you the whole time. And you read some of the some of the news stories about it and they're quoting the people from the county who are involved and they're just like, this is just such a relief. It's like I don't know if it's appropriate to celebrate really, but it's just such a relief. Right. To be done with this, and I'm not surprised to feel that. Twenty-eight
2: million over less than four years. Right. Hold it together. Right. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Number two. Well, it just barely got past breaking the filibuster, got the 33 votes they needed, but then as well had 31 votes, 31 to 12, the vote to pass the private scholarship bill. And that's moving on. We had a few senators that were present, not voting. We'll,
1: We'll see if that leads to any changes once it comes back around. That's why the numbers were different. You got the 33 to get to the filibuster. You did not have that same amount who actually voted for the bill. Some, like you said, were present, not voting. And it sounds like you kind of look through those, and those are typically otherwise, I think, conservative legislators, but who are from places other than Omaha, Lincoln, or the Mm -hmm. Tri-Cities, from smaller towns, and I think a a big part of it is... Uh, there, there's opposition to this. We talked about this a lot yesterday. There's op- opposition to this and support from this on a couple of fronts. There's, opposi- there's opposition on the front that, look, the state just shouldn't be giving scholarships for private schools uh, or, or be involved in that process, even though it's not firsthand. That's one of the arguments. And then there's a kind of a different argument where there are people who say, look, this is all about Omaha, donors in Omaha for the most part. And it's there are certain senators where they're, they're saying, we barely have it. I mean, there's just not an issue with this. We don't either don't have a private school in the area or, you know, there aren't people who are wanting to go to a private school who can't anywhere in my district and those sorts of things. And that's the other end of the opposition on this. And so I guess there are still some changes that a few of them would like to see to get on the, on the positive side of this, but it seems like it's, it's close enough. I guess the only problem would be if they couldn't get to the 33 again, the second time To, to around, break another filibuster. To break another filibuster. But with the way the vote, the numbers on the vote came out, they can get to that, you would think they're going to get a yeah. majority for the bill. Yeah, I'm curious. Plus, they've got some bipartisan support for mm-hmm. it, too.
2: I haven't heard all of that. I've heard, I have heard some of the debate. I heard a lot of the filibuster. Um, how much is being really discussed outside of Omaha? We know we know Justin Wayne is obviously talking a lot about North Omaha and the yeah. opportunities within Israel OPS. And, yep. and, and so... How much is being discussed if you are out in the panhandle? That's,
1: that's if, an interesting if, question.
2: If you are in north central Nebraska. How
1: different is this for Lincoln than Omaha, too? Because you hear people talk about it and they refer to Omaha. Yeah. Not as much Lincoln, which is interesting. I don't know right. why that is exactly. No, because
2: like Lincoln, for instance, has Pius, uh, Lutheran, Lincoln Christian. Yeah, Parkview Christian. Parkview Christian.
1: and Probably forgetting something, too. Yeah.
2: Right. But, but you go through and you've got at least four there. But LPS has got a pretty good system going on finding a district that if you want to go to a different school, it sounds like it's much easier to do LPS it, as opposed to OPS.
1: Yes. I mean, if you listen to, to McKinney and Wayne, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like... Now, the other thing to watch on this, two things, if it passes, number one, does it get challenged in court? Right. Number one, because I, if there's somebody really opposed to this, they're going to try and make a case on the Constitution that it's unconstitutional. Number two... Is there a petition drive against this? Oh. I've heard some rumblings that 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 could be something that those who oppose this. So, perhaps so a, what perhaps. would that
2: look like? So it would pass now. The governor would sign it, and then in Basically, 2024, a petition drive would essentially say, just
1: repeal it. Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: interesting.
1: I, I'm not. I don't know how well it would do. I just know there's been some very early conversation about that potentially.
2: Probably now. wouldn't get to the ballot.
1: Yeah. It's tough. <laughs> I mean, it is. Number two. It's almost
2: time to spring forward with Daylight Saving Time, but could this be the last time we do it? After hitting a brick wall in the House last year, a bill to make Daylight Saving Time permanent in the U.S. has been reintroduced in the Senate. And the House. Congressman Vern Buchanan and Senator Marco Rubio have teamed up to sponsor the Sunshine Protection Act, a bill that would end the practice of changing our clocks twice a year by making daylight saving time permanent.
1: So, what happened last year? You remember this got passed last year. Rubio had the same bill. I don't know if it was called the Sunshine Protection Act, but that's a genius name. I don't know how anybody opposes well, that. How how could you vote no on the got Sunshine the cent- Protection Act? Got through the Senate on unanimous consent, but and so we were all like, oh my gosh, is this happening? Then it dies in the House. It, the, the session ends. The House never does anything with it. Mm-hmm. Thus, the bill ends. And yeah. so if you want to reconsider it, he's got to reintroduce the bill. From what I understand, the act is very similar to the one that was introduced last year if it was passed the clocks would change for the final time this month mu- this last one on this saturday, sunday. Yeah, sunday, saturday to sunday. sunday um and then they would never go back in the fall that would be it okay and so that means you would go to 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 daylight saving uh, all the time not standard time but daylight saving time so yes you would just stick with what you normally do during the summer and I don't know you know and there's a house bill that's out there the senate liked it last time I don't know if the senate's different enough to completely be changed uh, have their mind changed on this thing will it get traction in the house was it not well received in the house what was the what was kind of the issue in the house how is the senate this for it that they can get unanimous consent on it but the house can't even get it to the floor I mean I don't even this isn't even really a partisan issue I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of like looking at the at the scholarship issue to some degree that we just talked about. I can't figure out if it's if the bill is that was introduced by Rubio has co-sponsors that are as far left and far right as you can imagine, like mm-hmm. Tommy Tuberville uh, and Ron Wyden from Oregon, and so it's got all kinds of bipartisan. I suppose it's probably got bipartisan opposition yeah. in the House too. So. Barb texts us
2: on, or messages us on Facebook. It's a novel, Barb. I'll read all of it. But here's a part that I want to bring up. She says, I firmly believe the first year we go through, December and January on Daylight Saving Time, people are going to lose their minds. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Because of when the sun rises, when it's going to be setting. We're
1: we're not not going to be used to it. Time out. (laughs) I lose my mind right now. When it's four forty-five in December, <laughs> PM, and it's dark, so yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I still, I say, I still say, if you're gonna do it, do daylight, don't do standard. That's my, that's my hope for this thing. Uh, but we'll see. And this is, there's a huge history of this. We we could go through that sometime. There there was a thought of the U.S. actually tried a way to do this this in 1973 apparently to go full time daylight saving time. They liked it at the time. It became unfavorable. They were worried about kids who were going to school before the sun came up. That became the big issue with this thing.
2: Alright, we got, we got a lot Listen, more streetlights now. We got, to, now. We got four technology. days a week
1: school everywhere anyway. Why don't we just go to 11 a.m. school too? Why not? First of all, I think there's a good argument that school should be like 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. 11 to 5? Or something like that. Yeah. Instead of what, eight to three? I don't know. I think, I, it, uh, I think it should be nine to three. All right, whatever. Nine, uh, I think you're getting light most of the time. I think you still may have, you may be close to darkness still with some of that if you're on full-time daylight. It it stays dark really late.
2: Well, after the way that game went last night, I'm already close to darkness.
1: <sighs> darkness is me right now <laughs> when it comes to basketball. <laughs> 756, that is it for your morning drive, brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. You're listening to
0: LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1,499.3 KLIN.
1: Coming up, the 8 o'clock hour with guaranteed fewer depressing topics. (laughs) Or your money back. Well, I guess we'll see what the Grow Lincoln team is up to. Maybe they're in a bad mood, too. Just handing out refunds, apparently. Maybe I should be (laughs) careful about that. Maybe they're going to have a bunch of business closings. Hopefully not. We'll find out. Plus, we've got Greg Sharp as well. It's 8 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. Chris Lofgren.
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3
1: KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends. 8 o'clock hour. we got 32 degrees. Is the snow still falling out there? Rob and Dave, can you tell us is that snow still falling out there right now, or is it done? You were just yeah, out, and yeah. you don't need to look out there. Just remember, just remember. <laughs> it
7: yeah, was it were. 15 minutes ago. Okay, yes. that's all I
1: needed to know.
2: Doesn't look like it's uh, falling
1: out the uh, as I look in the parking great. lot. Great, it's all over. It's done. <laughs> See you next winter snow.
7: <laughs> at least at forty fourth and oh, yes. it might be different. Right. Uh, well,
2: yeah. Nope, everyone is based off of what's Rob, happening here. No, well, it's not, it's not it's, snowing. It's in it's, it's, it's the center not of, of the universe. The, That's
1: the what we care right about. Yeah, <laughs> lots of lots of places. <laughs> Welcome to the Girl Lincoln team, Robin Eshelman, Dave Albers, and uh, they've got uh, they've got all the news in terms of businesses, restaurants, retail's opening, closing, moving, and beyond. And so let's jump into it, guys. Cookie lovers good news good news good news for you in central lincoln what do we have
5: Crumble cookies announced that they are opening and i looked at their website and they were supposed to open up 11 minutes ago oh god Right out the door i bet now there have been kind of times where we thought they were going to open but that's what i saw on the website last night so hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll go in there. A lot of people are excited about that. Uh, couple of the don't couple of the donuts. Couple of the cookies that they have are maple bacon or pink donuts. Yes, different flavors. All so, right. Very good. I'm lots, cool. lots of likes and followers on their Facebook page.
1: I'm pulling up their uh, website right now just to kind of see what's going on. And here. they
5: have it down as Northeast Lincoln
1: s- on Sixtieth and O. Right. I just called it Central Lincoln, and uh, I th- after uh, I said that, I was like, "Is that really Central they, they Lincoln?" Were, but they
7: called it North Lincoln, Nebraska.
1: N- yeah, North,
7: North Lincoln. Lincoln. What? Uh, so now O Street s- is apparently now.
1: Robin, we were supposed to one summer a couple of years ago do our project of ne- of officially setting all of the where is Northeast Lincoln? Where is Southeast right. Lincoln? We never actually got that done. We might have to pick that up after this. I still
7: have my little Robin map, which do you? disagreed slightly, but mostly agreed with the Jack map.
1: I I think I made one, too. I need to go. It, it, we weren't I, I bet too neither far of us, off. Neither of us had 60th and O in Northeast Lincoln, no. though, did we?
7: I think I, I called it Midtown, Th- all the way to 70th Street.
1: That's no. right. That was when we discussed whether a midtown exists Whether even we though make i use up. the term all the time but i haven't didn't use it before i worked here so that's
5: but i think everybody split uses o street as a split for north and south just because that's the way the roads
1: going. uh which side of the street are they on yeah exactly which what, what, but but i mean if you go what, what quite but seriously what but the cookies the are, are, are south. that wasn't rhetorical the
7: cookies are south that's of what both. i was asking that's, so that's exactly technically yeah. Technically, they are in South South
1: Lincoln. Lincoln.
7: Now, I do want to say that's basically Hickman. I do want to say they (laughs) (laughs) they have missed several, you know, hoped for opening dates. We can confirm an actual opening if somebody will drop by with a box of cookies at Broadcast House, and we will let you know for sure if Uh, today is the day.
1: I am looking at their website. Yum! Uh, Holy cow! Their featured cookies right now. Their weekly featured cookies. Milk Chocolate Chip, Blueberry Crumb Cake, Ultimate Peanut Butter, Dark Dream, which is a chocolate cookie with topped <laughs> with semi-sweet chocolate chips, Cookie Dough, so this is a brown sugar cookie topped with cookie dough, that's amazing. That's an interesting uh, that's concept. That's like Cookies Two Ways, and then the classic pink sugar, so,
7: all right. They have 2.1 million followers on Facebook.
1: So is it a so is, a it, chain. is it oh chain. it's a chain I yeah. see. All right, interesting.
7: All right, well they're uh
1: their website nice nice so check them out. Maybe they're uh, open or will be soon and you can uh, let us know how the how the cookies are maple bacon. Hmm. All right, uh
7: restaurant news. What do we have? Well, finally we see a building permit which means something's probably happening somewhat soon. Taco Inn um out at 84th and Nebraska Parkway. And this is between the Dairy Queen and the Sam's on Bowman Drive. They okay. are planning to build a new restaurant with really? a drive through yeah.
5: Really? Taco yeah.
7: Inn. Listen, look at that
1: Taco Inn. Capitalizing after the run in Munch Madness last year. They were knocked out yesterday. But, but it's still a good day for them yeah. overall.
5: And I, I think a lot of people probably thought this parcel of property was associated with Dairy Queen, but it's not. It's it's a fairly small parcel that they're going on. When
1: was the last time, I guess I was going to say... When was the last time a Taco Inn built a new Oh my gosh. Road? Was that is that one that the on in the north on the north side of town was that uh originally At Holdridge, a Taco 56th, Inn? No, Hold- no, way out there on Or somewhere on like North Oscar. Yeah, you're thinking yeah. on North 27. Like way North 27, you know what I'm talking about? Was well, that originally it, a Taco Inn?
5: Boy, I I don't know the answer to that, but they did have to do a fairly significant remodel on South 48th, because I think a car went through it Yeah, it was a time. beer truck. or A vehicle. Okay. It was a beer truck? Yes, was it was a beer truck. I just, truck just remember that there was a vehicle. Into.
2: Technically, that's also a vehicle. But, but I mean, you've... Listen, all how, beer trucks are vehicles, not all vehicles listen, are beer as trucks. as someone
1: who knows a lot about telling stories about cars running into buildings, I will tell you... <laughs> you lead with beer truck? There's no way you don't mention that it was a beer truck when you tell that story. <laughs> and I'm sure the people at Taco Inn uh, make sure they never leave that out either.
7: Speaking of car building collisions, have you you started a spreadsheet about car ponds. Uh, we collisions? just said
1: yeah. that's the new thing, right? Yeah, it sounds like I you know somebody. There was another, there was another one, there. one yesterday. Um, um, uh, man had a medical episode. He's okay, but yeah. ended up ended up in the pond. You had the water rescue out by Wilderness Ridge. Yep, you've got. Yeah, you've had.
7: We need a government pond study. <laughs> How to know. prevent deaths? I don't know. It's, ah. uh,
1: we've had we've had a, a lot of those lately. Well, that's interesting. Taco Inn is going there.
7: Well, speaking of Taco huh. Inn, yes, yeah. Does everybody remember when they were down by the university, mm. down by Westbrook Music?
5: Yep, I do. And and what yeah, is now? Were, yeah, and, I
7: don't
1: really remember going to Westbrook Music, but I'm sure there are people who do. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you're in marching there. band, what? you probably. But went. I did go to Taco Inn.
7: It was it was on the block where what Leeds Center is now?
1: There was a taco in there? How do I not remember that? Um
7: there was a there was a Nebraska bookstore and an Andes. Oh. Remember Andes?
1: Andes. Andes. No. Anybody, I remember, anybody I mean, I remember,
7: remember Andes? No? I
1: remember Nebraska Bookstore. I remember the Wendy's that's over there. I remember when there was an arcade over there uh yeah. that we used next, to go to, to the Wendy's. across from the starship. Yeah. Um yeah.
7: Now, yeah, but that's I, this, a little south. This is like on actual R Street where you go past, like you walk past, and you you get Westbrook down at one end, and then oh. you pass the student union, well, and you keep going. I
1: very much remember Nebraska Bookstore because that was always very excited as a kid. And they had a couple locations. Nebraska Bookstore. They
7: yeah. had two lo- two different locations down at the university. Well, those
5: were their retail locations, yeah. which have been gone for there was quite, a
7: university a bookstore too it was a yes. uni- it
5: was nebraska bookstore and university bookstore yeah, yeah. There were two of them and the university one was, was that a, the one on i think arm street no that was nebraska and i think you uni- if i remember correctly university was oh that was in, in, one, in a, a campus
7: building yeah in the yes. union
5: it was in oh, the in the Union, union. Yeah. okay. Yeah, that sounds I right, but Nebraska, correct. that was a
7: uh, okay. big so building. Okay, so anyway, taco in. We
1: would go there. We would buy it before every football season, family would go there, we'd just get a new piece of Husker gear from Nebraska Bookstore, it oh, sure. was always a tradition, I remember being there after Nebraska won the National championships, uh, Championship against Miami, they brought in boxes of National Championship shirts. And just threw them into crowds. There were so many people. There, so I have good memories of that
5: place. Ooh, that's, anyway. That is nice.
1: anyway, what's your point? Well, where
7: we <laughs> well, were going with all this Taco in and Nebraska bookstore was.
5: I don't know that a lot of people realize that Nebraska Book Company was a national uh, successor. Su- yeah. Of- well, and they're the, they had a huge warehouse at about oh, around the 14th and Old Cheney area. For years, and they were a big distributor of textbooks, predominantly for college, mm. and they uh, are now closing shop at that oh. at, at that facility. Unfortunately, 114 jobs being lost, and they had been open since 1915.
7: Wow. One of the oldest uh, yeah. businesses in Lincoln, I remember, according to the Journal Star.
1: I remember when I was in high school, college, a lot of my friends, you could make, I remember, make good money working there. A lot sure. of people got, I think it was, yeah, sort of a labor-intensive at, job. At the warehouse. At the book company. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, all right. Sad news there. Uh, church news. What do we have for church news? St.
7: Peter Catholic Church of Lincoln down at 4500 Ducks Hall Drive. Now, this would be... In the area bounded by 40th, South 48th Street, Old Cheney Pine Lake Road, okay. a 1.05 million building permit, um, interior renovation of their sanctuary, LED lighting upgrades. Ooh. Which, nice. by the way, LES is doing incentives right now, and they are first come first serve incentives. If you're doing right. something like this for your church, your house, your company. And we're going to have them on our show this Saturday to talk about these well, incentives and right. the deadline. And
1: I went from incandescent bulbs to LED in my kitchen. Do I get something? Do did I get, you do apply? I get something? You have to apply. No, Sorry, bud. Did you ask them for me when they're here? How?
4: Oh.
7: We'll see what we can do for you. <laughs>
1: just tell them there's like five of them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I assume it's like two fifty each or so. So maybe three hundred. We'll see. Uh, you just let me know. Now uh, <laughs> they'll probably just come in with some cash and just give it to you.
7: We'll
1: do, you do we, we give have an, you a crumble cookie? Do we have another uh, wedding event center? We just had one of these out by the airport, right? Not that long ago
5: is that right yeah and this this is one that we just found out about uh last saturday jason culver from uh netco announced that i think it's pronounced basana uh, event center is going to open and this is this is out in the country area about 190th and highway 2 uh so there's a lot of seems like there's a lot of demand to have these wedding receptions it's a micro trend. Yeah. micro trend yeah out you know in rural areas yeah. as so a matter sure. of f-
1: as right sure you a like a barn the, you like the barn you like the yeah. horses in the distance you like the country sunset the prairie grass waving you like the stars unobstructed by light pollution for your wedding, of course. That's what I. We had a reception after our wedding out. Guess what? At a bed and breakfast out in the country in Iowa. Same exact, same exact situation. Same concept. Yep. We a con- cautionary
7: tale. Um, i was reading the planning commission report because i guess i'm a nerd and this is what nerdy economic development people do is read the planning commission report but there was this like horrible story about this wedding event center that tried to open on an acreage in south lincoln
5: south of lincoln
7: south of of lincoln a couple years ago or and they, they had been open and they thought they complied with the city regulations, which they didn't realize applied to them, but oh, they yeah. tried. 44 pages of the fights back and forth between them and, the, and how the city is now trying to shut it down because they're not compliant. You cannot, folks, just go out and buy an acreage and start in a, a wedding event center, even though it's a micro trend. You mm. can't just do this. You, have to have you can't some- just do this.
1: Oh, <laughs> interesting.
7: All right. Or
5: well, any type go. of business, by but, the way.
1: Uh, this one that we're talking about, they did those things. So they're good. Uh, this, win, of, d- this, this one of, yeah. when is going to work. Yeah. Bosanna, Bosanna.
7: And they're taking reservations even though they're not even open yet. That's how much demand nice. there is. Nice. Yeah,
1: it must be. that yeah. Because that's, you know, like we said, we talked about that other one out at the airport. It may not oh,
7: even be a yep. micro trend, it's a macro trend. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> all right uh what was this a summer
7: camp news here what, what? um it is almost summer what do you do with the kids um some of you may have heard of camp sunshine they have a facility south of lincoln for day camps and retreats for my kids, kids went and there adults. all the time yes yeah graduations um yeah the, all sorts of things they would like to open camp sunshine shiloh in southwest lincoln this will be B, if it goes through the planning commission, approximately Southwest Sixteenth and Whitstruck Road.
1: I'm looking that up right now.
7: You know, which is pretty far southwest. Um, But they would they would like to handle most of the time. It would be 50 kids. at peak weekends maybe 150 500 people if it's a special occasion approved by the city that's that's a lot of people tunneling a of people. down a gravel road um overnights they promise no more than 48 hours
1: okay all right hmm. i'm ju- I was just i had to pull up to get kind of a, a sense road. a sense of of where that just most how of us far... don't know where
7: woodstruck road that's is. basically
1: out in roca isn't
7: it probably all, almost all the way We're down close
1: i mean yeah. yeah
7: which we believe will probably be the next village to be annexed
1: right. by lincoln so it's basically right by the cookie shop <laughs> <laughs> just kidding it's not there uh what do we have coming up on the show this week
7: uh this weekend on girl lincoln fraud and crime at the workplace we'll talk to officer Hine from lincoln police department
2: oh he's terrible I would not have brought
1: Chad in here. We're very close with Officer Chad, yes. I can say that without getting taste. Uh, That's
2: what you think. All right, and, the,
1: and well,
5: the, we'll find out.
1: And and Robin and Dave will ask about incentives for my home. So don't miss the show <laughs> coming up at noon on Saturday. Good to talk to you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, we'll see you next week. It's 825. Greg Sharp coming up in 10 minutes. Ellen K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. To get today's top
0: local and Husker news, sent straight to your email. Meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does. When he says... Touchdown Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing.
1: All right, it is time to talk to Greg about various things going on with Husker athletics good morning greg how you doing today jack i'm
6: good like a lot of people probably woke up and open up the shades and go whoa a little snow out
1: there. yeah yeah i'm i'm uh <laughs> i'm i'm guessing those uh trips to san diego and and uh, alabama don't don't sound too bad right now but we're home for a while we'll get to we'll get to baseball in a second but um uh, i mean i'm sure like me you are Lamenting and thinking, what if, and everything about that basketball game last night. Just your your immediate reaction to uh, Nebraska dropping that first game in the Big Ten tournament to Minnesota.
6: Very surprised. Uh, you know, I think Coach Hoiberg has been saying for weeks that he felt like Minnesota was a dangerous team, and they they are playing a little bit better. But so has been Nebraska. So you just didn't feel like. In a, I don't know. if you watching the BTN broadcast, they got inside the huddle a couple different times. The first time they did mm-hmm. it was coach Hoiberg, he's like guys we got to go we got to go we got to uh, so i think he kind of sensed a little bit of a, uh, just a lack of energy for stretches of that game last night and i tried to fight uphill at the end and just couldn't quite get it done at the in the line couldn't get over the hump never could grab the lead there in that second half
1: yeah you kept thinking they were going to. Like, I yeah. I just felt really confident that eventually the tide was going to turn, uh, Casey was going to get really hot, something was going to happen, and it just, it never came.
6: Right. He, in fact, at one possession, Casey had a jumper from the top of the key that mm-hmm. would have put Nebraska ahead and yep. hit back iron and didn't go in. And so, I mean, I've just been trying to process the whole season. I mean... We we thought this was going to be a, a kind of a veteran defensive team to start, and then the injuries happen, and they remade themselves, and they were so much fun down the stretch. But here they are again, one and done in the conference tournament. So just a lot of things floating through my head here this morning.
1: Yeah, man, that the the Big Ten conference tournament, and outside of that run they went on in Miles last year, they upset Wisconsin one year. I think they have one other win. Otherwise, that tournament's just been kind of a house of horrors, uh, even even by Nebraska basketball standards. It's just been it's been rough, um, and it's a bummer. And, and and Greg, I think it's man. I, I don't I don't know what the NIT situation is. I I kind of went to bed yeah. last night thinking it was over, and then I'm seeing some stuff this morning that's kind of making me think. Well, maybe maybe there's a shot. I don't know the answer to that, but man. It's just, I think the thing that that sort of burned most last night after it was all over is just what a crummy way for, especially Derek Walker and Greasel and maybe Casey Tomanaga to to go out to end their careers.
6: Yeah, I think that's part of what I'm trying to process. Is uh, you know I really enjoyed this group, and then if Casey doesn't come back, you kind of have to start over again. And now uh, you, you have some parts with Jamarcus Lawrence and Juwan Gary's back, and so the, there's there's a couple of pieces. Cj Wilcher that are part of this thing, but they're going to have to go back into the transfer portal like they did last year. And you, you, can you, can you make the paces fit as nicely as they fit this year? That, that's a tough task, but that's the challenge ahead for the staff in the coming months. And you've already started to see Nebraska pop up on some guys' lists that are, are already in the portal. So it's going to be a really mm. active Next forty five days yes. for Husker basketball.
1: Yeah. Uh without a doubt. Uh all right, let's let's uh move on to Nebraska baseball. I don't know, Greg, I didn't think they were do it, gonna do it, but they got both games in on the days that they were scheduled the last two days. So I guess congratulations to everyone involved.
6: <laughs> no doubt. I mean, this is a ten game homestand. You're hoping you can get as many of these in as you can, and those two that check those two off the box. Yeah. Now now what happens this weekend, I don't know that there's a ton of precip still in the forecast, but and I think this little bit of snow this morning will melt away. Illinois State's okay. And then you got Omaha in the year Tuesday night. First night game of the year will be Tuesday night. Oh, but geez. then you have the time you have the time switch, so you're gonna have a little yep. more daylight to play there. So these are important games because this is a chance to build your record up a little bit. And and we already started to see it with the two wins this week. And I think even Caleb tweeted this out earlier. Nebraska's like seven and one since that opening weekend. So you, you feel like there's some momentum being built by this team. It's an just hope mother nature cooperates and they can get these games in.
1: Um, and so scheduled to play uh, Illinois state this weekend. And I assume they're going to find some way to get at least some of that. in. I, I would think, what do we, uh, what do you know about Illinois state? Uh, what can you tell us about that? What kind of a matchup is this going to be for Nebraska? They've been
6: one of the better teams in the Missouri Valley for the last couple of years. They, they've gotten off to a decent start this year. They're right around 500. they They're a competent team, much better than Northern Colorado is. Probably very similar to South Alabama that Nebraska played two weeks ago. So th- This will be a, a bit of a test for Nebraska, but I, I really like, and I, I've been saying on the air, I, I think the fans when they come out and watch this team play are really going to like the way they swing the bat. Yeah, It's an offense that's going to put on some runs and put on some shows and the number of home runs that they're hitting right now is Really impressive. They had five yesterday in the game, and like you said, it was not a great day to play. And yet they plopped their way through that and bashed the ball over the ballpark. So it's going to be a fun team to follow in the coming months.
1: Who did you think uh, who impressed you? I mean, two and one going into that that weekend in Minneapolis. I think we all would have certainly taken two and one, and I still would. I think it was a very successful weekend. Getting that win against Vanderbilt was great, and then handling Hawaii. Who did you kind of think really stood out? Who was kind of the weekend MVP for Nebraska in that?
6: Uh, Max Anderson was phenomenal. I mean, the, the guy who gets his average up over 500. So just they couldn't get him out. He just he's doing everything right. And and I thought you know Emmett Olson did a really good job in, on the mound against Vanderbilt to set the tone for that thing. And Shea Shanneman was just terrific. Uh, the, the the combination of Emmett and Shea shut down Vanderbilt, and that's a big win. And you know, you look at that. That was supposed to be a Big Ten SEC challenge. So Maryland was there and Minnesota was there. Maryland and Minnesota didn't win a game. They both went 0 and three. So here the Huskers go two and one. And keep in mind everybody everybody's picking Maryland as the team to beat in the conference. Mm-hmm. They don't get a win out of Minneapolis and the Huskers pick up two. So yeah. a lot a lot to like. I thought the starting pitching Kaminska was really good against Hawaii in the Saturday game. The young freshman Clark struggled, and the the best thing of yesterday's game to me was that Clark came in and and pitched pretty well too in the third shutout and got his confidence going a little bit. But offensively, Max Anderson was so good last weekend. And, you know, but again, you can go up and down the lineup. Bryce Matthews is, is hitting right around 400 right now. And, and you've got yeah. uh, uh, different guys that have stepped up. And, and the one bad thing Jack from the weekend was Garrett Anglem tw- uh, tw- pulled a hamstring. He's going to be out a couple of weeks and he okay. was swinging the bat really well.
1: What do you? Uh, uh, what kind of? A, I I know they're they're putting up a lot of runs. I've I've listened to to the games. I've watched them when when I've had a chance a little bit. I mean, are they? Is it about just being a really uh, more power on this roster than we've seen in previous years? Is it just straight up good average hitting? How would you kind of characterize what this offense is? How they're being successful? Yeah, there's
6: a lot. There's a lot more thump in the lineup. There's four or five guys that you make your way through the nine and you go, well, he can hit it out. He can hit it out. He can hit it out. Uh, and, and they just they just have a really good approach there. And there's a confidence level going through their team right now that we did not have a year ago. That, that team struggled to kind of find themselves. This group seems to have a bit of a swagger and good teams have a swagger. And this group does just kind of being around them, walking through the hotel lobby. They just have a, a little bit of an air to them. And I, I kind of like it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it's man, and it's just, and you, I've gotten used to, and of course there have been years where there's been some home runs, but I've sort of just gotten used to Nebraska being more of a small ball team, right? Yeah, I mean that's just it's just been the realities part part of it too is you know when they're playing and and those sorts of things, but it's fun, it's it's nice to to see some guys who can take the ball out of the park, and hopefully we're going to get some of that at Haymarket Park. Just zeroing in on that win over Vanderbilt. Um just getting getting a win like that especially when you started the thing 0 and 4 and and I know you've had wins since that but how much do you think that win matters just on its own just in terms of sort of the 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 confidence that this team has like you you know and and playing Mississippi and at least seeing Ole Miss in that game uh how how far do those goes or am I am I kind of overrating the value of of those games and how they did in those
6: No you're not because the Big 10 won't have a lot of teams that are ranked I mean, I was in the top 25 now. So you don't get as many opportunities in baseball in the Big Ten to play ranked teams and big-time national programs. You do so much more in men's basketball or football where you get a chance to line up against ranked teams and get a chance to get some of those. So when you get them, you need to take advantage, and Nebraska did. Getting that one win will really benefit them as we motor, motor our way down the road. Now, you would have liked to have gone more toe-to-toe with Ole Miss and that, that game ended up coming out. but it's just so key because the Big Ten lacks the national reputation in baseball that when you get a chance to step on the field against one of those powers, you better take advantage of it. And you go back to the years that Nebraska's been in regional play, they've gotten a big win like that early in the year. And I think back to beating Texas Tech and Texas a few years back, and that team ended up uh, having a a regional run. So I kind of equate Vanderbilt to that. That's going to be a win that carries a lot of weight for the Huskers moving forward and And make no bones about it, there were some national writers in Minneapolis, Jack, that watched the Huskers for a couple days and came away pretty impressed. And those guys have a lot of influence in college sports and college baseball and particularly the committees that put this together. Way more, I think, than, than other sports. And so that was big for Nebraska to show off last weekend in, in the in the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium.
1: Uh, I want you to know, and, and you know I listen to you guys all the time, I do have Big Ten Plus, so I wanted to see what things looked like there. Uh, I don't know what it looked like in the stadium, but for whatever reason the video of the thing looked like they were playing on a green version of the sun with the way it was, imp- <laughs> you could not find the ball. I could not see anything. Hopefully it looked a little bit – it might have just been the contrast setting. So I went back to it for radio as much as I could. Uh, so yeah. it, was, it was good to hear you guys.
6: You know, I didn't go up there two years ago when Nebraska played that pod uh, with Ohio State and Iowa. So yeah. That was my first time in there. And and initially, when you walk in and you see it, you're like, hmm. But then the games <laughs> start happening, and you're going, okay, all right. You just kind of forget about the football line that are on the turf. And yeah. You just kind of view it as a baseball game. And for the most part, it's it's true baseball. It's a little bit short in right field. They do have the big baggy, just like the Metrodome used to have when the Royals played the Twins all those times. So it's a lot like that and it's it's fairly legit. And I think once the game started you kind of forgot about you know, you're playing in a true football facility.
1: You know what's kinda of interesting is when they put a baseball field on a football field like that to get a, a sense of to put how far it is like from home to first in football links you know what i mean a baseball field is bigger than you think when you see it on top of a football field i guess this sounds like a dumb thing to say but when i saw the yard markers and and i've seen that before i was like huh third to first really is a long throw isn't it
6: It's it's, a, so you're right, it's, it does. And you then you know, sit there and go, okay, they're going goal line to goal line to yeah. get the ball out to left field. to go, like, oh, that's over 100 yards to hit the right. baseball. So, yeah, it does yeah. kind of put it in perspective.
1: What What do you think? We talked already a little bit about the series coming up, but how important is it? Obviously, you want to get these in, and this is probably an always kind of an interesting dance when you're talking about the weather, what the opponent wants to do, what the scheduling looks like. I mean, how important is it for, for Nebraska – to, to get these games in and, and try and get all these games in, do you think?
6: Yeah, I think it's pretty important. I think you want to try to, again, at the end of the year, people look at the total number of wins you have, and if you have to wipe out two or three games that you probably would have won, instead of looking at 34 wins, you might only have 31 or 30. So it does make a difference, I think, to the eye test for the committee to try to get these in. Illinois State is busing, so you'll have a little bit more flexibility this weekend. Next okay. weekend, Nichols is here. They're going to fly. so. You'll have to be a little bit more cognizant of their travel schedule on the Sunday getaway day. But I, I think I, I feel good, and maybe Ken Dewey will will pop in or tweet later today that, to, to deflate I, me. But I think we'll get these games in here this weekend.
1: Saturday looks like the problematic day to me, uh, just right. looking at the forecast, just because of precipitation. So. I don't know if they can uh, juggle the time or if they could look at double headers or, or what they'll do with that. But for our listeners, uh, the game Friday tomorrow is scheduled for four oh five. I think that'll probably be go on fine. It'll probably just be cold. Uh, and then Saturday scheduled for two oh five Sunday. At one oh five. Uh and then like you said, the first Tuesday night game on Tuesday, which I do see the uh the promotion for that is one dollar off hot chocolate. And there you th- go. Great job with that by the by the marketing department there for uh that game. Hey, you, you you alluded a couple of times to the kind of the Big Ten. Generally you talked about Iowa and some of the other teams. Looks like Iowa's doing well. Um, I know probably haven't had a chance to see a ton of these teams. I know some of them were up there in Minnesota. You mentioned Maryland. But is the Big Ten kind of shaking out like you thought it would this year so far in non-conference?
6: I think you've got four teams that have kind of risen to the top. Nebraska is one of those. Iowa is ranked. Maryland has been ranked. Even though they went 0-3 last week, I still think they're a pretty competent team. And Illinois has gotten off to a good start. They went the weekend Nebraska was in Mobile. They were at Southern Miss, who's currently ranked, and Illinois won the series on the road. So I think the Illini are pretty hmm. good. Jack, they're here in two weeks. That's the yeah. conference opening weekend. And right. That'll be the big retirement jersey night with, with Alex and, and Shane and, and Darren. Uh, so that'll be a huge series to start league play with Illinois coming in here in just two weeks from tomorrow.
1: Yeah. By then we're going to see the 60s and 70s. Come on, I think that that's to be good. Ken Dewey, come we on, Ken come Dewey, yeah, uh, that's good, Illinois. And, and I will point out too, I was just kind of nosing around on the website yesterday. I think there's pretty much only single tickets available, um, at least in the lower levels, to that Illinois game. So, and I think the the the, the Friday night game, I should say, uh, the one you were talking about with the with the Jersey retirements of those guys, I would expect that that'll become less and less available as it gets closer. So, if you want tickets to that, I would I would uh, get on it soon. And and by the way, do you know much about, I've heard a little bit about what's going on at Northwestern. I see they're still 0-10. I I heard that some of their staff quit and maybe it's only the head coach. What do you know about You know about what's going on there?
6: Yeah, well, I was talking to some of our coaches about that. They were really puzzled by that. The staff has already split apart. This is a first-year coaching staff. They haven't won a game yet. They're 0 for the season so far and they Blew the, the thing got blown up. A couple of guys walked away. Our staff didn't really know much details about that. Also, kind of Husker baseball related. Mike Kirby, who was on Darren Erstad's staff, has been the head coach at New Mexico State. He got fired last week. They started zero and seven, and so wow. Mike Kirby got let go after two weekends of play. That seemed a little, little quick to me. I mean, I'm not sure what you accomplished doing that that early in the season, but I don't know the status of Michael Pritchard, who the former Husker is on Mike Kirby's oh. staff the last couple of years. So, uh, yeah, just both those places, New Mexico State and uh, Northwestern, have kind of blown things up just two weekends into the season. Seems like a really quick trigger to do some of something like that.
1: And I think Minnesota had been winless. They were winless too last weekend. I think they might have got some midweek games. But they've been, it looked like they kept things sort of close this weekend, but their record looks pretty bad right now.
6: Yeah, they were over. They did win a couple of midweek games. I think they picked up their first two wins. Here this weekend. I do. Can I, can I put in a shameless plug Please. Here, please. We're going to have Matt Ruhle on Sports Nightly tonight. Looking Whoa! forward to sitting down with the coach. Hey. <laughs> this is the end of their winter conditionings this week. The spring break is next week, so the guys will all scatter. And then when they come back, it's into spring football. So cannot wait to get into some more breakdowns, some more talk about spring ball coach coming up tonight. So really looking wow. forward to diving into that.
1: All right, right here on KLNB, List. And maybe you can find out what's going on with these, like, olympics and tweets and carrying teddy prohaska around the yep. field and all of those i don't know if people have been following that do you <laughs> you you can get the lowdown on it tonight but but what do you know about uh this whole thing that's going on right now
6: they just try to come up with creative ways to keep the guys engaged and keep them competitive and keep their spirits up and and matt rural put it perfectly the other day he had a press conference he said you know we could go ask guys to go run six forty 40-yard dashes and they're going to roll their eyes but he goes if we say we're going to determine who the fastest guy on the team, he goes, they'll run 106 (laughs) 40 yard dashes to figure that out. So he says, we tweak and find ways to keep things going and keep things lively and to build camaraderie. I think that they've been really creative in some of the videos they put out with some of the exercises they're having this team go through. I think I even saw one earlier this morning, they're out playing beach, but they were using the beach volleyball facility inside the Hawks championship center and having guys play some beach volleyball uh, today. So they're just, being creative, trying to keep it fun, keep it light, obviously build camaraderie and, and try to build up some stamina for these guys.
1: They should have brought in uh, Lindsey Krause and had her fire oh, some shit. down and see if they could <laughs> dig him out. That I would have paid to I see. I just want to know about
2: Matt Rule beating Nori Nwili on a penalty kick. <laughs> oh, is that true? <laughs> yeah, they, they, they had the soccer goal out there, and Jeez. he went uh, bottom corner on it. Oh, him.
1: I'm watching it right now. Wow, <laughs> sad. <laughs> sad, sad. Well, Rule's apparently now, got Lindsay some yeah,
6: is in Hawaii because the beach volleyball team is yep. over in Hawaii. They're really they're rough, they're roughing it for the next week or ten days. Yeah, they're really tough. gonna. I feel bad for them.
1: <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, Greg, uh, what time for people who want to listen tonight is uh, Matt Rule? We'll have him in the six o'clock
6: hour tonight. Well also, okay. I think, we're going to try to grab Ed Foley, who's kind of in charge of some of these things that we're talking about. He's they kind of put him in charge of some of these. The competition week is what they called it. And so to get some more insight into some of this. But I, I, with Coach Rule, I just really want to hear more about getting ready for spring ball and, yeah. and getting all that stuff ready and, and what he thinks of this football team that he's inherited. And and it seems like they're having a great time together. Does that mean wins in the fall? No, but it certainly doesn't hurt.
1: Cool. Very good. All right. Be listening to KLIN uh, to hear Greg and Matt Rule tonight during the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, appreciate it, Greg. Hope to be hearing you calling some baseball this weekend. We'll catch up with you again next week. All right? Thanks, guys. There you go. Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red in Sports Nightly, right here on KLIN 855. Take a break. Wrap up the show after this on KLIN.
0: You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3
1: KLIN. You know, I want to thank you all. I came into this show today down, depressed, heartbroken, sleepy. And uh, hanging out with you guys for the last three hours, taking your calls, guessing Oscar winners, talking to Rob and Dave about cookies, (laughs) (laughs) breaking down the news and sports with Caleb, losing my mind when I found out that Berea Boss knocked off H.F. Crave in Munch Madness. You know what? Three hours later, and doggone it. I think I'm going to have a good day after all of that. That's what this show's here it's for. What it's, it's to cheer me up. <laughs> it's my therapy.
2: Uh, congratulations to those of you that won LSO goes to Tatooine tickets. Those have all been messaged, including Brian, Trendwood Park Anita, uh, Ruth, uh, Luann, and another one in there. Uh, but, but yeah, so. Someone. Yeah, somebody. I don't know. I got I got your information. We messaged the Jeremy. That, that's the other one.
1: Oh, the Jeremy's gone. All right. Uh, tell us how it is the Jeremy. Uh, when they I assume they play the Darth Vader music at some point. They have dun, to. Dun, 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 dun. Well, you would, cool. you would
2: think they're playing everything and then the the lights it just goes dark. Mhm. And then you then you hit
1: them with that and then he walks out and takes off his helmet and it's Polichick. That would be <laughs> amazing. They could make that happen, right? 100%. He would do it, too.
2: <laughs>
1: All right. That's it for the show. Tomorrow's Request Line Friday. And uh, in honor of state basketball tournaments, we are doing, per your request, popular demand, the ultimate pep band songs or marching band songs. So those of you who were the band people in high school or college... Go back deep in your uh, memory bank, in your music file, and tell us what your favorite band songs were to play. And it's always funny when you start listening to these and you can almost hear the Pet band at a basketball game play them. You can almost smell the popcorn.
2: And do you know the Pet band song better than the song yes. it's actually based off yes. of? Yes.
1: So that's what we got coming up tomorrow. Put your request in now. Sound Recognition. Text line 402-479-1400. See you tomorrow at 9 o'clock. M Lincoln. <laughs>